Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is episode 14 on the Merry Biz podcast with Chris Ducker. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. Today's guest is one of our most favorite online business superstars. He is the best-selling author of Virtual Freedom and world-renowned outsourcing expert. He's an international speaker, podcaster, and the founder of an outsourcing business that employs over 450 people. He's the creator of the most amazing event, Tropical Think Tank, as well as the online community, Unipreneur, which is helping people all over the world to achieve their dream lifestyle through online entrepreneurship. Welcome to Mary Beers, the one and only Chris Ducker! Yay! I, I love the little scream at the end. That was great. <laughs> yeah, we've done that. What a lovely s- intro. I feel like I don't want to let you down now. I better bring my A game after all that. Yeah, you better. <laughs> okay, good. So the first question we ask all our guests is, what is on your agenda today, Chris? Oh, God, let me bring up my calendar. Hang on. <laughs> you, you, want it, you literally want it blow by blow, don't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we've got, I'm adding the growth record thread into the Upana forum straight after this. Ooh. Then I have a Skype call with my good friend Gideon Shalwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't spoken for about a year, so it's time for a catch up. Nice. Then I have got a 30 minute yoga session with my wife. Oh. Then I have got to do annual and monthly upgrade pricing options for Upana members. Then at 2 p.m., I'm speaking with Pat Flynn and interviewing <laughs> him for Upana FM and probably just messing around for an hour. <laughs> then I have a webinar. What the? What is this? Webinar blueprint text finalization. <laughs> Sometimes I put stuff on here and I'm like, what is that? That's um, for a webinar, I'm sure, for your blueprint yeah, and you print it. I'm sure that Mercer will know what it is. I have no idea. And then I've got to finalize some emails. Then I have dinner. Then I have bedtime with a little one. Then I actually have two phone calls tonight back-to-back with US-based entrepreneurs, which I'm not going to mention their names because they're both big deals and Mm -hmm. I want to make sure they don't fall through. So yes, yes, a full day of fun and frolics in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, Yes, that is an epic, epic day. super epic. And I'm so glad to hear about the yoga session. Fun. Very balanced. Honestly, the only way I can like have one of those days, I always go really, really hard the first week or two of each year. Mm -hmm. So Pretty much every day in the middle of the afternoon at some point, I like to, when I say middle of the afternoon, it's usually around one or two. It's not sort of three or four, but I usually, I, I like to be able to just get out of the home office and just move in some capacity. Sometimes I'll have a swim. Sometimes it's yoga. 
sometimes I'll just go down onto, we have a cross trainer here in the house because I can't do the traffic and go into the gym just yeah, to get my mm-hmm. cardio in. So I, I invested in a very good cross trainer, elliptical trainer. So I'll maybe say, I'll just go and do like 15 minutes of that in the morning, 15 minutes of that in the afternoon. And I feel like, you know, it's enough to sort of get the blood pumping a little bit more. And it gives me another three, four hours of work if I need it, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So you have an epic day, you have an epic life and it's pretty, it's flexible and it's full of all this different, amazing stuff. But what did you do before you became this online, amazing entrepreneur? I was just a sales and marketing guy. That's it. And then <laughs> no, I wish, I wish there was like <laughs> a, I genuinely honestly wish there was something really cool to talk about. But honestly, I was working in the public. It just, I'm, and I'm falling asleep right now just talking about <laughs> it. I was, I was just a, I was just a sales manager at a publishing company in England, in London. That simple. I was selling everything from classified to, you know, display or cover advertising for periodical publications. We did everything from, you know, the British Medical Journal to Laundry Monthly, you know, you name it. So Say what? it was. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's what I did for eight years in London before wow. I came out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so then so, um, you came out to the Philippines. Yep. And then what? I was working with one of the large international banks here mm-hmm. for a couple of years. I was managing all of their telemarketing mm. operations. There was about, looking back on it, I think there was about 600 people I was managing. Whoa. And then another big international bank poached me paid me exactly double what I was getting with the first one. Wow! So I moved. And then after that, I set up my own businesses. After, well, no, actually, no, I'll tell a lie. I was, I was in the infomercial business for about a year working for a guy out of Miami, but I was still based here in the Philippines. And I'd pop over to Miami to, I think, I, I mean, I was with him literally just over a year. I went out to Miami three times. And he was actually, he was the catalyst for me to become an entrepreneur because although Away from business, he was a really, really cool dude. He was an older guy, mid-60s, extremely successful, multi, 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 multi-millionaire. And, but around the work environment, he was the biggest micromanaging pain in the ass boss he could possibly <laughs> imagine. Oh. So he was, the, he was the catalyst for me to say, I'm done with all this making money for other people. Malarkey. Yeah. I'm going to do it for myself now, yeah. And so what was the first thing you did online? First thing I did online, so you're skipping about... No, okay, right. let's not skip. Let's go back. No, well, no, well, this... I mean, it's it's all quite boring, actually. Okay. <laughs> well, let's skip, skip the boring things, Chris. We want, the, we want the highlights. I know, I know. I'll give you the highlights. So for you and your audience of merry business building yeah. you know, lunatics, <laughs> I, I did about... I did, I did a couple of years of consulting as, uh, as a consultant here, helping large, medium to large US-based companies sort of set up outsourcing capture centers here in the Philippines. Okay. And then I set up my own one, which is Live to Sell, which I, got, I know you guys mm-hmm. know of. Mm-hmm. And so Live to Sell is still running. Uh, that's, you know, the big company with 400 yeah. you know, plus mm-hmm. people. And, and it, was, it was January 2010. That's when I got my first start in the online business world. And I hit publish on that first blog post. Mm -hmm. And the first blog post was telling everybody all about my virtual CEO goal for 2010, which was, you know, what what, what came about of me burning out late 2009. Which we want to hear about. So burnout for everyone at home means that basically you worked super hard and for so many hours each day that you made yourself sick. So can we hear that story? 
Yeah, so I was. I was doing about 16 hours a day, pretty much six days a week for probably three and a half, four years building this business. And here's me thinking I'm a successful business owner. I've got a hundred and something people working for me. I'm making just over a million dollars a year. Everything's cool. I'm feeling sexy. And then one morning in the middle of December, 2009, I woke up and I physically couldn't get out of bed. Later on that afternoon, Urs, the the missus, you guys know her, obviously. (laughs) We love her. Yeah, she's awesome. She kind of, I don't know, somehow scooped me into the car, took me to the ER, and I had a full executive panel done. And I was basically diagnosed with acute exhaustion, depression, and a whole lot of other bits and pieces I won't bother boring you with. But bottom line is I was in very, very bad shape. Mm -hmm. And I had fundamentally worked myself into this situation. And so I was in the hospital for about four or five nights. They had me on liquids. They had me on antidepressants so I could sleep properly and rest, which is very hard in any hospital because if anybody's listening and has spent any time in hospital, they literally wake you up every four hours to take your freaking blood pressure and your temperature <laughs> yeah. and everything. It's like, I'm here to try and get some rest and you lot keep coming in and wake me up. <laughs> Bloody hell. God, just um, doing so that job, Chris. I will. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. So after that, we came back and we decided that we were going to go. We did Christmas here in the home. And, and then we decided we were going to hit the one of the resorts here in Cebu for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Just me and hers, no gadgets, no laptops, no work, nothing. And we were going to try and figure out between the two of us how the hell we were going to get me out of this situation mm-hmm. and how you know we were ultimately going to remove me from the day-to-day running of the business. It became very evident that I was no longer running the business. The business was running me. Mm-hmm. So we needed to change that. And so that, that's when the virtual CEO goal was born. That's when the three list of freedom was born mm-hmm. yep. and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's how it all got started. So oh, exciting. So, amazing. so how long did it take for you to get to where you are today, like the virtual CEO? Well, I always say that the overnight success is, you know, 15 years coming. It's not... <laughs> It's it's not something that I don't think there's been one single thing that has got me where I am. Mm. I think it all comes down to, you know, a combination of decisions and mm-hmm. pivots and events and chance meetings yeah. and a few other bits and pieces, you know. But one thing is for sure, people have been the instigating factor for getting me out of the business because I hired eight people in uh-huh. 2010 to ultimately replace me. So I I achieved that goal. That goal of the virtual CEO was a 2010 goal. And I actually achieved it a month early in November 2010. So that's been great, obviously. And we continue to build that business. That business actually, after all these years, has had the best, the best ever year of our history last year. Awesome. I just, I'm not going to throw money out because I don't, I don't throw money out. But as an idea... We have, let me get this right now, in an industry where the average profitability sort of markup is around 16%, we actually did, I think, 31% in profit margin last year, which is insane. That's epic. (laughs) And and, And you're working less. 
would you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So I, I work Monday through to Thursday. Uh-huh. And I start at around, I wake up early. I wake up at around 6 to 6.30 most mornings. And I go through to around about 4 to 4.30 in the afternoon. But I don't work Fridays anymore. I haven't worked Friday for probably, God, three and a half years now, probably. Something like that. So, yeah. I, and I take that three-day weekend really really, really seriously. Like yeah. nothing gets put on my schedule Fridays ever. That's awesome. So that's how you manage the whole not burning out thing anymore. You've hired your staff and you make sure that you have those three days off where it's just you time and you get to focus on you, your family and everything you want to do. Yeah, that's it. You know, and you know, it's a combination of that and obviously eating better, working yeah. out. Yes. And, Which you we know, love a, here at Mary Beers, eating right. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys actually were quite, and I don't know whether I, I don't know whether I've told you this or not, but you you have been very influential for me in regards to making sure that I don't sort of go too crazy with my old habits of scoffing down an entire pizza when I feel like doing it and stuff like that. I mean, you're, you know, the whole kind of focus that you guys have on paleo and things like that. And when when you and I first started talking about all this, mm-hmm. we were, you know, I was talking about Mark Sisson and... Mm-hmm. and you know, the, the whole kind of primal movement and everything. And that, that, that book was really what got me into it, as you remember, because yeah. I think I posted something on Facebook and you guys Facebooked me and said, oh, yeah. you were freaking out. You were yeah, freaking we out. Yeah, we were so like, excited. We were like, oh my God, Ducker is into paleo. What the? <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, you know, I know you guys better than I know him. I don't know him at all, truth be yeah. told. So, you know, I've been sort of watching what you, but I love the fact that <laughs> all your recipes are like cakes. <laughs> Okay, not all of them. Okay, well, they're obviously the only ones that I'm paying any attention to. Yeah, (laughs) they're the ones that get shared the most. They're the most popular on Instagram and Facebook. Surprise, surprise. Totally. Everyone wants a a treat that ain't naughty. But so back to the outsourcing, because that was definitely a little bit of a, a little bit of a pivot. But you know what? That happens here in Maryland. What would be your advice to someone who has never, ever outsourced anything, but they want to start? Apart from reading your book, because I know that is a great place to start. In terms of what? Outsourcing and delegation and whatnot? Outsourcing and delegation. Like hiring people, like what? I don't know. Give us some tips because we probably need them too. Well, I mean, honestly, it's the book. I, I can't, I can't really, you know, for me to say, you know, go, go buy this course or do this or that, it would be stupid because I've got a book that covers everything perfect. Yeah, true. Yeah. But that being said, other than picking up the book, you know, it really just comes down to becoming extremely self-aware of what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it for. You know, as entrepreneurs, we become type A individuals where we believe that everything, you know, that needs to be done can be done by us and nobody else. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest hurdle. Mm. That's the biggest hurdle right there, particularly with entrepreneurs that are bootstrapping their businesses. The chances are that they have been doing everything themselves. And because of that, you know, because of that, quite frankly, they, they believe that no one else is any better than them. And so they drink, you know, the term I use, they drink their own Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? It it becomes like this ever, this ever winding cycle of work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. And it, that's just not healthy for anybody. So I would say, you know, just You've got to sit down. You've got to do that three list of freedom mm-hmm. exercise. Yes. That for me was the game changer. And if anybody listening in, they can actually follow via video, chrisducker.com forward slash 
three lists awesome. with an S at the end. We'll important. pop it in the show notes too. And links cool. to your book as well. We'll add all that stuff. Nice. Well, thank you. Well, those <laughs> no, that video, that original video was actually created in 2012, two years before the book came out. Wow. So it was that, that exercise was not put together for the book. That exercise genuinely did come out of that 2009 burnout. And, you know, eventually I kind of encapsulated it into this. And it wasn't an exercise. That's the thing. It just kind of, mm. I just did it happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then I kind of, I put it into this, this exercise mode. I give it a sexy name and everybody starts going crazy about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just the brain dump of stuff you don't like doing, you can't do, or you shouldn't be doing. That's genuinely what it is. But, you know, you put a nice PDF document together for free download and you call it something cool and everybody loses their mind over it. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about the sex appeal. And all about the brand. <laughs> yes, all about the brand. And which leads us to our next question, which is all about the business of being you. And that's where we first met you at ProBlogger, the conference, where you did an amazing talk where we kind of just fell in love with you. And we'd love to hear more about that. The yeah, business like of being you. And some of the focused areas for someone just starting to maybe work on their brand. Yeah, well, look, you know, brand in general is, you know, the, the, the bigger question here is that do you go with a personal brand mm -hmm. or do you go with a brand brand, right? Mm -hmm. But there are, you know, there, there's increasingly there are personal brands being built out of brand brands, right? So you guys are the perfect the perfect example <laughs> of, of a brand brand that actually has personal brand now incorporated into it, the Merrymaker Sisters. I mean, you can't get much more personal. Your brand as the Merrymaker Sisters is all about Emma and Carla, uh -huh. right? And everybody, and it doesn't take a lot, it doesn't take very long to figure that one out. Another perfect example is my friend Pat Flynn that I mm. mentioned earlier on, Smart Passive Income. Now, you know, it's smartpassiveincome.com. But when you go there, it's clearly Pat Flynn's online home, mm -hmm, yeah. right? But I decided to go with chrisducker.com because I wanted to focus entirely on my personal brand. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't talk about other... See, and, and this is one of the reasons why I went with a personal brand in the first place. Well, you know what? If I decide that I want to talk about VAs today, I can talk about VAs. Mm -hmm. If I decide I want to talk about burnout, or entrepreneurship, I can talk about that. Yeah. Hell, I can talk about whatever the hell I want on chrisducker.com because I'm Chris Ducker and it's mine and I own it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that totally, yeah, totally get that. Right. So I, I think a lot of people stress out. <laughs> and I just did a Periscope on this yesterday, funnily enough. I think Ooh. a lot of people stress out over the whole, do I go with my own name or with a brand name for my domain name? It doesn't ultimately really matter. Uh -huh. But if you feel like people are going to be more connected to you as the content creator and as the person providing value and helping them out, I do suggest going with a personal brand name because it'll never go out of fashion. As long as you want to be involved with it, you can go ahead and, and be involved with it and it will work out great for you. And that's why I love the business of you and Youpreneur and everything else that I focus on nowadays so much is because, you know, I get to work with so many amazing people and genuinely helping them build you know, many different areas of their business. Whereas when I was just focused on VAs and outsourcing all the time, which was a good few years, that was all I did. It was mm -hmm. all about productivity. It was all about delegation. And that was kind of it. Yeah, but yeah. now I can talk about sales. Now I can talk about landing pages. Now I can talk about email list building and 
mastermind groups and a whole lot of other stuff where I couldn't do that before. I could have done it, but it would have been very, very off brand. <laughs> yeah. So you go with your own name, you can basically talk about whatever you want. Totally. And you share like all this content and more inside your community, Youpreneur, because we're members and it's amazing and we love it. And it's real. It's a really exciting place to be part of. But what was your inspiration behind Youpreneur and why are you doing it? I love that question. Okay. So the the kind of the catalyst behind it, it was a, it was a long time coming, actually. It started in 2011, mm-hmm. where what I was doing is I was traveling around the world speaking at events. What I would do is I would put on one-day mastermind sessions with about 10 people. We'd rent like a little conference room or a co-working spot or something like that. And it was a way for me to be able to connect with my community, my online community, a little bit more than just via Twitter or via blog comments or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it also allowed me to charge and make a little bit of money, which Mm -hmm. would offset the cost of all this traveling I was doing, right? So long story short, I did a whole bunch of these. I think I did like 12 in the space of like three or four years. Wow. And it was, I'm going to get this right now. It was July 2014. Okay. Uh So virtual freedom was out. I was in the US promoting it like a him doing <laughs> just doing an insane amount of speaking and traveling all over the United States. My family was actually with me for this particular trip and I was at Pat's place uh-huh. and it was 4th of July, 2014. We were out in the backyard. We were barbecuing. The kids were getting high on sugar <laughs> and the adults were having a water balloon fight. True story. Really? I, like, oh, let me tell you something. I full on pelted at massive speed a water balloon in the Pat Flynn's wife's face. Oh my gosh, Chris. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I'm a horrible man. But me and April get on really, really well, right? So, but but, but that's not, that's nothing. He was videoing it and (gasps) laughed, right? Behind the camera, right? So he's just as bad as me. And then, (laughs) and then she went to work on me. She had like a full bucket full of balloons and I just got absolutely hammered. We all dried off. The kids were coming down from the sugar rush. The ladies were in the living room having a cup of coffee, relaxing. And me and Pat went to his home office with a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about what we were going to be doing for the next three to five years. Now, you've got to understand, me and Pat are best friends. Mm -hmm. We've known each other for a long time now. We know each other better than anyone else. And so we're we tend to be a lot more open with each other about plans and struggles that we might do with other people, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So these conversations get very real very, very quickly. And I think he asked me the question along the lines of, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to be in like five years from now? Or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But good question. I really started thinking. And I it went, for some reason, my mind just went to these mastermind sessions I'd been doing. Oh. And I had noticed two things had come out of these, these sessions every time that I put one on, no matter where it was in the world. I did in Australia, the UK, the US, the one in Canada. I did one in, uh, where was it? Somewhere in Europe, not Germany. I can't remember. Somewhere in Europe now. And they were always sold out. They were always a big success. And I realized two things came out of them. Number one, first and foremost, nobody had a monopoly on good ideas. Whenever we would sit around a table, no matter how much experience and success was sat around that table, someone somewhere was going to be dropping a value bomb on somebody else that they had never encountered before, right? And you guys have been in mastermind sessions with me. 
So you've seen like what can happen in those environments, right? Life changing stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't. Uh, you could you could put Sir Richard Branson into one of those groups with total unknown entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Someone in that group's dropping a value bomb on mm-hmm. Sir Richard. Someone, right? It's just it. It's just the nature of the beast. It happens, right? So that was the first thing. Nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. So you've got to listen to other people whenever you get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second thing was that even though at first people were quite sheepish with each other, by the end of the day, they had all become very, very good friends. Because when you're sharing your struggles and your plans and you're brainstorming and you're giving support and you're creating that accountability that that kind of environment creates, your guard goes down instantly. Yeah. And everybody became friends. And I realized, holy crap, I'm actually curing entrepreneurial loneliness by doing these events because it is a lonely journey. You know, unless you're surrounded by people, you know, that that you get to hang out with quite regularly, it can be very, very, very lonely. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are building their businesses on their own. So that's when I said, Pat, I want to be able to cure entrepreneurial loneliness. I want to be able to get people together, not just once or twice a year, but every day. And I want to be able to like build this community of people that I personally feel an allegiance to. And I personally want to help, personally want to help build their businesses. And so we we sat down, we really, we just started brainstorming. And out of nowhere, he screams out the words, youpreneur. (gasps) (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that again. He said, well, you want to help people. Uh, Sorry, I should caveat a little bit. (laughs) I, I, I had mentioned to him that I wanted to work with very specific types of people. So people like those with a personal brand mm-hmm. who were building a business based around their personality, what they believed in, and not just selling stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and the focus being on them, like the business of you was already my most popular keynote at yeah. that point, and it still is now. You know, the ironic thing about 2014, actually, is I was out promoting virtual freedom, but I did the business of you keynote twice as many times really? in 2014. As I did the virtual freedom keynote. Yeah, it was mad. I'd be on stage talking about the business of you. And then I'd do a book signing session straight after for virtual freedom at conferences. It was wild. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was already there and I could see how much people wanted it. So interesting. So that's how Youpreneur was born. And we tried to get the domain name right there and then in Pat Flynn's office. Oh my gosh. Uh, But it was already taken. (gasps) And so it took me like three months of negotiation to get the domain name. Wow, that's amazing. That's such a great why as well. It's so good to hear the reason behind all these projects, you know, that people are putting out and that just, it makes so much sense and it's so awesome. I do want to quickly go into like some social media stuff because I know you're all over Snapchat and Periscope, which is, they're kind of like the new, the newbies to the block and you're keeping up with all of them. And so how important is it to keep up with all these new social medias and how much has social media benefited your business, your business of you? Uh, massively. I can't put a dollar amount. I mean, I could try and put a dollar amount <laughs> on it, but it's, it's, I mean, if, if I did put a dollar amount on it, it would go well into the hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. Wow. I mean, it's social media. You see, it is so much, I'm not going to say the word easier. Let me, let me correct myself before that word even comes out of my mouth. It's so much faster. Mm-hmm. to build a business in today's landscape than it was yes. five, 10 years ago. Because you can get people's attention 
pretty much instantaneously yep. compared to, you know, 10 years ago where you had to do a boatload of advertising and marketing and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, you look at things like Periscope and Snapchat. They're both very different. Periscope, mm -hmm. more mid to long term type content, instant conversations live with mm -hmm. your live viewers, whereas with Snapchat, it's a, you know, it's very short form. No more than 10 seconds. It can be just images only. You can draw on the screen and do funny things and all that sort of stuff. Very fun. Um, but, but, you know, and, but, but both of their content disappears in 24 hours as well. Mm. So you have to ask yourself the question, why is that? It's because people's lives are busy mm -hmm. and they're always doing something. And those that want to share what they're up to for people that are, for whatever reason, interested, the ability to be able to say, well, hey, I'm going to post this and in a day from now it's gone. That's kind of attractive. Like for me, it's definitely attractive. And so, you know, Twitter, Facebook, not so much a big fan of, mm -hmm. but I love the advertising on Facebook. Yeah. But really for me right now, my social media is all about, and in this order, it's all about Twitter, mm. Periscope, Snapchat. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. And I, I, I'm going out. I'm going out on the limb and saying that I believe that 2016 Snapchat is going to see the biggest amount of growth in 2016. It's ready, and the reason why it's ready is the older folks out there like me are starting to get that ripple effect that always happens with any kind of trend, where the younger users of 13, 14, 17, up to 23, 24, 25, mm -hmm. who have been using this thing for a while. They're now older to the point where their voices are actually starting to get heard. Mm -hmm. Like my daughter's been using She's 17. She's been using it for a couple of years. Yeah, and crazy. I, right. I had Lewis Howes trying to show me how to use it at Tropical Think Tank. And I, I blanked him immediately. I was like, You're, <laughs> are you high? Like, this is stupid. Like this is honestly stupid. You know what I mean? And then who else? Try oh, Amy Schmidauer yeah. tried to show me how to use it. In, in the UK last year when we were both speaking at an event. And I literally dismissed it as quickly as I did with Louis. <laughs> it was stupid. Who wants to Snapchat? What a stupid name, a stupid you know, idea. That ba, happened ba, 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 ba. to us too. A yeah. lot of, like we have a lot of younger cousins and they're all trying to tell us to get moving on Snapchat. And we're like, no. <laughs> but we've just yeah. started to. And I think we love Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. It's totally built for you guys. Your personalities, <laughs> your bookiness and everything. Like it's, it's totally built for you guys. And it literally, it took my, it took my daughter, Chloe, no more than 10 minutes to convert me on Boxing Day this year. Awesome. Oh. Yay, Chloe. Um, and, and then, but I will say, and I, I want to give a shout out to Gary V because Gary, mm. Gary, see, Gary and I know each other. We're not best friends or anything, but we have a, an open line of communication if it needs to be there. And Gary is, is, has always had his pulse on social media. Like he's always done it right. Mm -hmm. And when you see somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk getting very, very active on a certain platform, if you want to know what, you know, if you know, if you want to know what to do and where mm -hmm. to be with social, you've got to follow Gary and what he's all about. Wow. And I started watching his stories over the Christmas period and it was all I needed to really like, focus in on Snapchat. So I think 2016 is going to be a massive year for Snapchat. I also am still 100% in love with Periscope, although I've pulled back a little bit mm -hmm. on the amount of scopes that I do. I still drop in usually three times a week, whereas before I was doing a scope every day, mm -hmm. Monday to Friday. 
And we're actually going to be making some changes to that Ducker Scope format pretty soon, actually. Some big changes, yeah. some great, exciting changes. So that's, that's still hot right there. But still, and I want to clarify, if you want to build an online business, these are not your properties. These are somebody else's mm-hmm. land. You cannot build your house on them and it's stupid for you to do it. Yep. You must create your own content, your own you know, evergreen, long form type content on your own hub, mm-hmm. your own blog, your own website, whatever you want to call it. So you've got to be blogging. You've got to be podcasting. I'm so excited you guys have started this show. Yay! It's going to be a branding game changer for both of you. And you know that I've not led you wrong yet. No, so you I, haven't. I, I know, <laughs> I know that you're, you're going to do incredibly well with this format. There's no doubt in my mind about it. But I will say, I don't want to hear too many interviews from you guys. Like, I know you're launching the show as a bit of an interview show. Yeah. I actually, I, if, what are you doing? Monthly? Are you going weekly? We're, we're doing weekly. Is, we're doing like three episodes with interviews, then one with just us. About Mary Biz. About what we're doing <laughs> or what we've okay, done. Cool. So I kind of like the idea of you going two and two instead of yeah. three and one. Okay. But now, I love the idea every month because your, your audience loves you. Here we go. Brainstorming session. Go. <laughs> I love this. So, how, how did we know this was going to happen? This <laughs> always happens when you talk. So what I, I like the idea because your audience is, is very much like you. It's in the same age group. Uh-huh. It's the same kind of, you know, anyway, I, I, I love the idea of you updating your, your audience on a monthly basis via podcast, everything that's happened in Merrymaker land mm-hmm. that month in terms of what you've done. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea, like a monthly report, but yeah. audio format instead of written, right? I love that. But then I also like the idea, yes, of hearing from a couple of experts as well. But I'd like to know, I'd like to hear a bit of content from you guys, Mm -hmm. not about what you're working on, but how you feel about certain things. So why you feel Snapchat is so cool right now? Give me a 10 to 12 minute show on Snapchat. Next, you know, a couple of weeks later, why you feel that, you know, being, you know, working at the beach is important from time yeah. to time. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after that, why the importance of going to conferences has <laughs> made such a dramatic effect on your business. Two weeks after that, something else. Two weeks after that, something else. So it's kind of rotating between expert merrymakers, expert merrymakers report, expert ba 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 ba. I think it. you should do that. I love, it's a really good yeah. idea because we were just saying before, we really love just us talking too. <laughs> but, we love surprise, in- surprise. <laughs> but we love interviewing you amazing people as well. We definitely do, which it is sad, but we are almost out of time. <laughs> but we <laughs> so sad. But we do want to, we want you to tell everybody where is the best place to find you and more info about you so they can learn more. Well, it's going to be at my blog, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's my hub chrisducker.com. Boom. We're going to put that in the show notes. And now onto our final and most exciting question. It is, what is the mantra that you're living by right at this moment? Actually, it's been the same mantra since I was in my teens. Love it. So it's been that long. I I was taking my exams back in England and I was more interested in playing basketball, skateboarding and chatting to girls (laughs) than I was working on my exams and revising and whatnot. And I never forget, I mean, I was all out failing my exams. I want to clarify that right there. I was halfway through and failing. So my father wrote this on the back of one of his business cards and stuck it with some sellotape, which is scotch tape for you Americans listening in, on the outside of my bedroom door. And I came back one day and I saw it there and it said, 
the way to be nothing, and the B was underlined, is to do nothing, and the do was underlined. Wow. And yeah, so that has been my mantra. The way to be nothing is to do nothing. And for the longest time, I didn't know who said that originally. And then I searched and searched and searched, uh, thanks to good old Google. And after several days, literally, of trying to figure out exactly, because a lot of people have been credited with it, but it is actually a guy called Nathaniel Hawthorne. Mm. He came out of it with, with originally. So it's not a, it's not a Ducker original, <laughs> but it, it's, it's something I, I live my life with. And, and not just work. Like the way to be nothing is to do nothing, meaning do nothing for you, do nothing for your family, mm -hmm. do nothing for the people that you love, do nothing for the people you want to serve. You will be nothing. So, you know, if you work hard on all those individual areas of your life, then obviously good things will come your way. So that's what I'm all about. Oh, that's amazing. That is, oh, yeah, epic. I love that. I'm going to make that into a little quote and share it. <laughs> and I'll definitely, and I'll tag you and Nathaniel. <laughs> tag, tag me, tag me, but let Nathaniel do it. Oh, well, thank you so much for spending this time with us, Chris. It has been absolutely amazing talking to you and getting to know a little bit more about the business of you and everything that you do. And we are so grateful for your time and everything you do for us as well. You guys are amazing. And you're youpreneurs, you know, your family. It is what it is. Love it. is Chris Ducker. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, like epic. Anyway, we're going to his event this Friday in the Philippines, Tropical Think Tank, and I know we are going to be learning a hell of a lot more, and we are going to be sharing it with all of you so you can all learn as we do. Pretty awesome. Next episode, episode 15, is all about getting more shit done. We're going to show you how we schedule, how we batch, and how we get rid of the shit that is no longer necessary in our lives to make it a stress-free, well, not necessarily stress-free, but less stress is best motto is ours. And doing the action steps that we're going to share is really going to help you do that. So keep an ear out for that one. In the meantime, if you freaking love the podcast, which we know you do, give it a five-star rating on iTunes because... You love it and we love you. Have a great day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.